Get up, BDL. It's time for the Inside Podcast number nine with your friend Mike, the Canadian Nightmare, and yours truly. I'm Scotty, the undisputed commissioner of fantasy baseball. We got to catch up today with BDL legend and longtime Kill Devil Hills GM Ort of the Elevation. It was great to hear from Ort after the up and down year he's had. And, you know, even with the club's challenges this year, the elevation are, well, they're still in the playoff hunt. And and we took time to, to pick Ort's brain about where the elevation are on the BDL ladder, where they're headed, and what, if anything, can be done to slow down his West Division rival Crawford Cramps. What a season the Cramps are having still. Plus, Mount Rushmore rears all four of its ugly heads for the first time in this installment of the pod. We're trying out a new segment, and we hope uh, you'll enjoy it near the top of today's show. Hey, here's something new. Uh, Starting with today's episode, the Inside Pod and its companion shows are hosted on Captivate. Now, what that means for you, the listener, is there are now more ways than ever to hear content generated by the BDL Podcast Network. You'll now find us on all the popular podcast subscription services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Radio Public, Downcast, or pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. My recommendation is to add, to manually add the Inside Pods RSS feed link. Uh, You can find that link, by the way, in the forum thread for today's show to a podcast app that includes the ability to manually add your favorite content. Among others, you can do this with Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or my personal pick for podcast listening, Downcast. If you're a Spotify user, and I know a lot of folks are, it lacks the ability to add shows manually, but you can find the Inside Pod easily on Spotify by using the search term BDL Podcast Network. Just plug that into the app's search function and our feed should pop right up for you to subscribe to. So add us to your favorite app or hit that subscribe button to stream us, download us, or just tell Alexa that you love us. It's all good. Uh, We're here for you. Or if you're not tech savvy enough to use a podcast aggregator, just listen to the show in your browser as usual, right? on the BDL forum with the provided link. So in that way, nothing is changing, guys. Thanks for tuning in uh, to this episode of the Inside Pod. You are listening to the BDL Podcast Network. Crank it up for number nine because the Inside Pod is on fire. Hello, BBL. Welcome back to the Inside Pod. Mike, we are at number nine today, coming back at you uh, as we enter uh, turn four here in the BDL 2021 season toward the playoffs. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing really good. We are knocking these things off fast and furious these past few weeks. We sure are. We sure are. You know, that's um, 
Speaking of Fast and Furious, uh, yeah, I'm learning that uh, teenage girls, uh, young teenage girls now, there's there's a weird Vin Diesel thing that seems to be going on. It's all my daughter can talk about at the moment. And I've tried to explain to her that this, you know, this guy is like four foot. Well, he's your height, really. He's like four foot nine. I did not know that. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's true. And uh, but anyway, I, you know, I, I try to build that up as much as I can. But mm-hmm. she she's not she's not quite listening to me. She's yet, a but. smart kid. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that, but I think it's after mother, clearly. <laughs> oh boy, it's going to be back on the air again this week. Yeah, we're knocking them out fast, but there, there's a lot going on this time of year. Um, a lot of headlines to hit, and you know, as we approach the playoffs here, a lot to talk about. And uh, we're, we're happy to be back again. Um, wanted to take a really quick look here, Mike, um, if we can, at the state of the league. Uh, this week, um, not a whole lot of change since the last time we got together for this show. Uh, really, the the matchup that we see uh, across the league um, for the division crowns that that race has not changed, or or the the race rather has yeah. not changed between the Moncton Mounties, and the Malibu Bay Bears. Um, they uh, are are swinging swinging uppercuts and going back and forth there. Uh, seemingly week by week right now, the Mounties up by one game. I believe they were back a half a game when we talked to Stephen of the Mounties uh, just a few weeks ago. So that, that continues to be a hotly contested uh, uh, division division race and one I know that we're all keeping an eye on as we uh, inch closer to the playoffs here. Not that it'll have a really a great impact um, on, on the seedings uh, for the playoffs uh, mm-hmm. per se, but but uh, in any case, um, you know, uh, it's, it's always fun to watch those division races. Um, but it's the only one we got this year. Crawford still holding out a 55-game lead Tight over one. the second-place Lions in the West. That just continues to boggle my brain. Um, you continue to hold out your Rockets a 22-and-a-half-game lead over the Double Downs. Hey, Kevin, we talked to Kevin last time here on the show. Um, and of course, a 16 and a half game lead in the South. Uh, you know, mathematically, some of these races are still uh, are still, um, I guess, technically up for grabs in the South and the East. Although not uh, not 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 matchups or, or not races rather that we expect uh, to come down to the wire. Yeah, we basically have two races two races left in the league. We have the one in the North with Moncton and Malibu. That one will certainly come down to the last week of the season where they play each other. Yep. And then they'll play each other in the first week of the playoffs. So those two teams are going to be sick of each other uh, come that point. And then they're getting the to know each other quite well. Yeah, <laughs> they are. And then there's a race for the final wild card. And that's that's kind of an interesting race because there's a bunch of teams that are all within shot of that. Like the Lions, I guess. But what is it? Lions, Cars. Elevation Amish are all within, I don't know, three, four games of each other, I guess. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're all, they're all bunched up. Um, yeah. You've got, of course, the, the, the one seed in the PCL, uh, the cramps, the two seed, the Mounties, as things stand right now, the three seed, the beers, second place in the North and the killer cars have uh, just barely fallen out of the playoff picture at the moment. Um, with the Lions taking that last seed, yep. uh, the second wild card there in the PCL at the moment. And that is really close and could change. Um, looking beyond the top of the divisions, 
uh, I think the most compelling other race that we're seeing right now, what's happening in the East is just, it's just nuts. Um, uh, and, and, and that is in the context of the, of the ACL playoff picture. Uh, of course, the, the Rockets with the number one seed right now in the ACL, uh, followed by the South Division leading generals. And of course, you have the second placed um, uh, Boston Double Downs in the East holding down the first wild card. And then for the second wild card, you have both, both East teams that remain are, are sitting on a f- uh, 565 winning percentage at the moment. They're both 28 and a half games behind uh, the East Division leading Rockets. So that last wild card spot right now in the ACL is 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 deadlocked it and is. that that is going to be very compelling to watch here over these next uh, couple weeks after we get out of out of this matchup period yeah you know and they're both sitting at 565 which would be good enough for first in the north uh good enough for first in the south and those yep. two teams are they're they're playing each other this week they're just hoping uh, that I can take care of the double downs just so you know they can they can close that gap a little bit. That's that's a that's been a tough matchup for me this week though. So so I think Boston's going to be in a pretty good situation going into these final two weeks, and um, it'll just be up to NorCal and Carolina how they handle the Rockets and the double downs in the final two weeks and see who makes it. I think. Yeah, and and course as you've started to mention there the damage with a pretty commanding lead over Carolina right now in their matchup as we are looking at the scores live uh, recording this on uh, on a Friday night uh, the damage hold a 6-3-1 advantage in that matchup yeah now um, of course we, we we both I think agreed that the double downs were coming on strongly here at the end of the season but you're you're uh, about to dispatch them fairly handily there in in, in the matchup with the yeah. Rockets and, yeah, it's, and a the lot, it's a lot closer than it looks. It it, it, it is yeah. close. It, it is certainly very close. Um, you know, not not really a whole lot of other surprises going on in the league right now, with the exception, I guess, probably of the Generals matchup with the Chicks. And if if the Gens end up falling in that matchup. Um, we're going to have some fun on the forum. That's what's going to happen. I, well, you won't, you won't have to have fun on the forum. I might just sell the team and quit. <laughs> um, but uh, of course, Crawford out there doing Crawford things against the lion lions yeah. right now with a, with a nine zero zero one score currently uh, in, in that matchup. So, uh, you know, a lot of predictable uh, outcomes uh, happening right now across the scoreboard, but, but uh, some of those races, um, you know, divisionally looking extremely tight. Um, it looks like uh, the, the Wallabies um, are are close to securing a, a, a rare lopsided victory <laughs> against the Vipers this week. Uh, if that score does hold, it's, uh, you know, fairly close matchup. Um, yeah. Some categories are, are out of reach already, but um, not not too many there. But 8 one one where that matchup currently sits, not that there are any implications, uh, implications you know, not there. Really, on. I guess theoretically, if the Vipers would have won a lopsided victory against the Wallabies and the Gens, you know, had a close loss, that division could have gotten, you know, not not interesting, but a little a little interesting in the final two weeks. I guess the matchup with you and the Vipers could have at least meant something, but it doesn't look. Like yeah, that. you know, that's I, I guess a little case. interesting. But I guess a little interesting. Yeah. 
yeah, just a just a little, but yeah, but it would have been something. But it looks like the Vipers uh, season is just about done, and once that's done, that means the yep. South is just about put to bed. So, yep, 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 and won't really. I don't want to go too much into this um, at the moment because I don't want to be disrespectful to the team in question. Um, but for those of you who might not be paying attention to what's happening in the league right now in the standings, um, there is the potential for an historic occurrence, um, here in 2021. We'll see what shakes out toward, uh, toward the end of the season here. And and we'll talk about that a little more and no, we're not talking about the damage possibly missing the playoffs. That of course is another uh, potentially historic occurrence, but uh, this um, arguably, uh, arguably a, a much much bigger accomplishment, and uh, we'll see where things stand. I, I think once, if 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 what we're talking about is still left on the table uh, at the start of the playoffs, Mike, that um, it's sort of uh, fair game to talk about at that point, and and maybe we'll go into it on our playoff uh, playoff opening. Uh, show preview show here in in a couple weeks either that or if you're thinking what i'm thinking maybe we come on the last week of the regular season but a jinx on this team to, <laughs> to ensure this team doesn't do what you're talking about um maybe we'll do that instead you know now now that we are down into into divisional play again here the last few weeks of the season there are really low odds really that are. this team is not going to enter the playoffs um, with with this still in in the conversation. So yes. I, I don't know that any amount of jinxing that we could That's do at this point. at this stage really would make any difference. That's but uh, not not to be too coy about it, guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, but seriously, kind of, kind of like a no hitter situation here. Don't mm-hmm. don't want to uh, say say too much too soon. And and, uh, and and all that, but uh, although, anyway, just although it, I think everybody it, knows what we're talking about at this point, um, I'm I'm not sure. I've not heard a lot of chatter about it. Um, it, it just a little bit. I think you know a handful of, of owners are, are kind of paying attention to it. But if if you if you're not and you're curious, uh, you don't have to do a whole lot of research. Just take a look at the standings. Take a look at the matchup schedules and the wins and losses um, across the board this year. And um, yeah, anyway, we, we'll move right on, but that, that's a little tease. Uh, Mike, any any other uh, league updates you want to hit here before you move on? Yeah, to, to be honest, there isn't anything else uh, super interesting outside of those playoff races. I guess we should we should talk about Scott's kind of reemergence on the forum since, uh, since we're here. We can talk about that for a minute. Sure, we can. I mean, I'm briefly, of course, um, you know, Scott of the the uh, Scorpions or the the former Scorpions. How should we refer to him now? Scott of Scottsdale. How's that sure. for now? Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, of course, Scott. Uh, Scott took a. Uh, how should we frame this? Took took a bit of a of a hiatus. Uh, starting, um, if you will. Yes, uh, at at around the I guess the late summer, early fall there last year. I can't recall exactly when that was, but. Uh, you know, former former BDL champion Scott of the Scorpions, um, you know, still still um, uh, hanging around here in the BDL community. And we, I, I'm I'm personally happy to see that. Um, you know, uh, I thought Scott always raised the competitiveness of the of his division division certainly and of the league in general. Um, 
And, you know, I think having him around is a good thing. And I understand that, you know, he's interested in contributing to the league in the form of some additional um, BDL podcast network uh, content. So we're happy to see uh, potentially, hopefully, the reemergence of the Stinger podcast um, pretty soon. So we'll be keeping an eye on that and interested to see in what direction he he takes that show. And I always enjoyed it. And uh, and and yeah, you know. Um, you know, Mike, uh, life happens sometimes and, and we all have different personalities and, and things uh, kind of get in the way of, of, of good situations from time to time. But, uh, you know, we're all human beings. And and uh, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, with, with with Scott still still wanting to be involved, um, wanting to contribute and, and loving the BDL clearly as much as he does to to want to be involved, even when he doesn't uh, have a team to manage um, at this time. I think that just kind of speaks volumes of where Scott's uh, 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 loyalties and allegiances lie. And, and it speaks volumes of the quality of the BDL. So yep, I guess that's, that's what I would have to say on, on that topic. Yep. I'm glad to have him back. And now, now granted there are a couple of rumors out there. One is he okay, heard, fire away. One is he heard this show and was so jealous and how great we sounded that he felt the need to reinsert himself and get his show going on. Yeah, that, that's one rumor I've heard. The other rumor I've heard, this one's a little uglier, that the BDL was going to in- incorporate a relegation system next year, and the team that came 16th was going to be kicked out of the league and he was going to take their spot. That's what I heard. Just throwing it out there. So I'm not sure if this is true or not, if you can speak to this rumor. I may have just made, I, I may have just made it up. Just saying, but... That that is a that is a long. How should we frame this now? That that is a long-standing rumor, actually, in the league. And if 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 I'm not mistaken, that 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 idea has been floated out there a few times. Has it? <laughs> it, it 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 has it has. And, and I'm I am neither confirming nor denying the um, the uh, possibility of of adopting such such a model. Now, what uh, league yeah. would we bump him to? Joe's league? Like, what, what would we do to the team that came um, last? I, I, I guess we would have to. We would have to. Um, uh, we would have to relaunch the Cracker Jack League. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. That's 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 probably a really bad idea. Yeah, it's probably not something we're gonna do. <laughs> uh, well, hey guys, listen, we are. And, and Scott, seriously, we, we, we are glad to have you back yeah. uh, and, and and glad to see you on the forum yep. and, and chiming in and, and working on some new content. So wel- welcome back. Yeah. Um, we missed you. And uh, and our show is still going to kick your ass every week. We certainly are. Um, and, and Scott, by the way, uh, with, with that thread, what you posted, it was actually kind of funny because you apologized to me and I completely forgot what it is that you did. And I had to go back and read the old thread to even remember what it was. Uh, what it was that happened that I did leave the league last fall. So uh, yes, apology accepted. And honestly, going through the thread, I can figure out what the hell you did wrong to me. But hey, apology accepted. <laughs> Good deal. Well, um, so Mike, you know, of course, we're always on the prowl for new content on this show and, and new things to talk about. So we were kicking tires on a new segment mm. uh, to feature in in this edition number nine of the inside pod. And we have come up with an incredibly creative name for this segment and we're calling it, get this Mount Rushmore. No one does this. This is unheard of in sports talk 
No one ever talks about the Mount Rushmore, if anything. So we thought we would be the originators of this concept and throw it out there. Good deal. Yep. 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 Yeah. We were the first to come up with this concept. We really, uh, you know, sat down one uh, day recently, put on our creative thinking caps and and, and came up with this. And um, we really should trademark it, I suppose, so that it doesn't get stolen by yeah. other uh, content providers Agreed. out there. Yep. Yep. But anyway, so we're, we're going to try this on a, on a rolling basis here on the show. It'll pop up from time to time. Um, as long as it doesn't completely suck and, and just full disclosure, it might completely suck, but, um, Hey, you know, you got to throw things at the wall every now and then. But so the, the, the first shot we're going to take with this segment is drum roll Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore of BDL club names. Okay. So this is the four best by the standards of this show <laughs> club names in the history of the black diamond league. This has nothing to do with performance. Oh, no, it um, certainly doesn't. Of- especially when you look at my list, this has nothing to do with performance. <laughs> this is all about creativity, originality, uh, marketability, uh, all of these made up terms that we're, you know, we use when we talk about uh, naming fantasy baseball clubs. Uh, but really, yeah, just the most memorable kind of out of the box, uh, clubs that, uh, club names rather that, uh, kind of just stick out over time and, and you, you just kind of, kind of difficult to, to not remember. So I think we decided to take this turnabout. I mean, it's going to be a collective list here. So, uh, um, uh, Mike, you, you, you'll take a shot. I'll take a shot and then uh, back to you and then back to me. And then we will have, we'll have our, our four. Uh, club names that belong on the Mount Rushmore of BDL club names, and and we'll uh, we'll uh, discuss it, we'll debate it, and see if if what we've done makes sense. Um, if anybody's been left out, but uh, yeah, so um, why don't you take it away? You've got the first shot. These, these are in, you know, this is a Mount Rushmore, so it's not a ranking. Mm. You know, this is just a, this is a group of four, and you can you know consider them in any order that you wish, um, one to four, four to one whatever. This is a Mount Rushmore list. It's not a ranking. So mm. Mike, take it away. What's your first one? It sounds good. So I, I have pick one. I was kind of hoping to pick later in the draft to get some value here. I think this one <laughs> might be a bit of a reach at one, but as someone who grew up on Saved by the Bell and who's madly in love with Kelly Kapowski, I got to go with, the ba- I got to go with the Bayside Bums. Horrible, oh. horrible, horrible team. Good team name, not only because the Bayside thing, but they stunk. So the Bayside bums made a lot of sense for that roster. And then, you know, when you talk about, you know, the the ability to make posters and T-shirts, when you can throw Amber Tease, whatever the hell name is, Amber Tiason. Tiffany Amber Amber Tease, whatever the hell her name was. I I know her as Kelly Kapowski. When you throw Kelly Kapowski on a bunch of T-shirts and posters. I had, I had, I had Kelly. Let me let me just let me just let me just make sure that this is. Pl- I, I had a Kelly Kapowski uh, Kapowski poster on my wall. This does not like this does not surprise six me years. This does not surprise <laughs> me. She was she was such a babe. Now, granted, was it really a Kelly Kapowski poster, or was it really AC Slater? And you just told everybody it was Kelly Kapowski. Which one was it, Scott? No, no, it was definitely Kelly. I'm right. very racist. All right, all right. <laughs> so yeah, so 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 pick one is the Bayside Bums. 
I'm a little taken aback by this pick. The Bayside Bums, I made a quick list of six just to have a list for myself here. Didn't know how, how this would go, and Bayside is not on my list whatsoever. Um, I got a funny feeling all of my names are not going to be on your list. Um, I don't, well, I don't know if you're, I don't know about that, but now, now I, I do see where you're coming from. Um, Bayside Bums, it is original. Um, kind of original. <laughs> um, Al, Al, who, who owned and managed the Bums was a, was a, well, he, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't get, get fantasy baseball. Is this what you're trying to get? Mm, no, no, it, that just did not work. The team was I, I mean, I mean, if we were making a, well, I should maybe I, we should save this for a later segment. I, I think the bums would also make the list of the Mount Rushmore of the worst teams in the history of the league. Uh, I think we would knock out the other three presidents and just have a big statue of him. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I think so too. Uh, without question, if I'm not mistaken, the bums that was the team with which the Killer Cars acquired Justin Upton who was at the time um, the top prospect in baseball or, mm. or, or close to it. Yes. Um, acquired uh, the killer cars acquired Upton from the bums for Steven Pierce. That sounds right. And I remember the form exploding when that trade happened. Yes, that is, that is pr- in my mind, probably the most infamous trade in the history of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but okay. Well, I, I don't, I don't have any say in this. It was your pick. So the bums are on the Mount Rushmore of BDL club names. I guess right. this is already so far off the rails. Um, now our, so our I, I'm just going to, is it now at this point, do you want to get picked two or do you get two and three? Is this a sneak uh, draft or one, one and one? I mean, it, it, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't make any difference. I get two picks. You get two picks. We could go in any order. Really? Sounds good. Um, but well, I'll just take the next one for good measure, and just going down my list, um, I, I really, I really, honestly, and I, this is, you know, it, it, it's not because we're going to talk to him in a few minutes. I, I think Kill Devil Hills Elevation is actually a really cool name for That's for a club. Name. I, I really like the name. Um, um, Ort has gone through actually three, three different um, franchise names during his ownership of that, of that club, um, of course, Kill Devil Hills being the most longstanding and it has been in place now for what, like 10 years. Um, I just think it's a really cool name. Kill Devil Hills, um, you know, a, a great location for a fantasy club elevation. I've always assumed, I've never actually asked this question. YouTube. I've always assumed it's, it, a, YouTube it's a YouTube, it's a YouTube, YouTube reference. reference. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess knowing or what else would it be? Um, but uh, I, I really like it. I really like it, and and I, I think um, I think it speaks to kind of Ort's place in the league as well as being such a uh, such a mainstay mm. uh, in, in the league and kind of always just being right there. You know, he's never never won a championship, but he's been on the cusp several times, and he he's always in the conversation for one of the more attentive uh, team owner owners in the league. So I I think this works. That's and, a good um, Yeah. All right, you got next. Okay, so I got next. And now this is my second and final pick. Now, I had a list of four team names. The Bums was number one. I wanted to get that one. Got that one. Now, there were three other teams that I was looking at. One of them, interestingly enough, was one of Ort's other team names, the Eastside Idiots. I really liked that one. <laughs> I, so, I thought that one also perfectly described Orton this league. So just like the <laughs> elevation, I thought that one was a good one. Now there now, but that one was fourth on my list. Two and three on my board are still both there. Now this one is really tight. 
Now, being that it's 2021, and this would have worked in 2020 as well, the Baltimore em- epidemic would have been a perfect team name to put on Mount Rushmore, you know, <sighs> just given the time we are living in. But yeah. given that that's it, that would be a bit of a downer to throw out there. I just thought it was very uh, appropriate to have that one on there. But I'm not going to pick that one. I'm going to go with number two Please. on my list. And being the a-hole that I am, and because I know this is going to cause problems in your household, I'm going to pick the <laughs> Jupiter Joel socks just so what? I can, just so I can tell your wife that I picked her name as one of oh my, my draft picks and you didn't. So I'm going to take the <sighs> Jupiter Joel socks, a team that has never missed the playoffs in the last 13 years, as we all know. <laughs> uh, so I got the Joel socks. That's my pick. You are such a suck up blowhard. This is ridiculous. I am. Uh, can't wait to tell her that you didn't pick your own wife's team name. And now, if you take the Generals, you're a dead man. But go ahead and make your pick. I, I, I am not going to pick the Generals. I happen to love my team name, but I, I don't. It's probably not. I, I, you know, Gotham City and Generals. It, I, I don't think it's quite original enough to make mm. this list. So, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to be honest. But it's no Rockland Rockets, certainly. It's absolutely not. They did not make my my list either. That's what we should. Jupiter Joe Socks, actually, I, I will have to admit, I think it's a really cool name. It you is. Know, c- combining, combining the name of the owner with, with you know, in, in historic baseball, nickname Socks, plugging it with, uh, you know, a, a neat, um, a neat uh, you know, Florida City Jupiter, yeah. uh, Jupiter Joe Socks. It really rolls off the tongue. It, yeah. It's it's kind of shame, a shame that um, that it's it's almost been lost to history in the BDL. Yeah. That 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 franchise name because it's it's actually kind of neat. It is. Um, yeah. So I, also I don't, kind I, of a wrestling tie-in. Double J. There you go. Yeah. Double J. I um, yeah. I I it, it it was not on my list, but of course it was. I, I don't. Of course it I was. don't. Nice husband. If my wife had a team <laughs> in this league, I would have had her team name on my list. Because I love my I don't, wife, I don't and I care you. about my family. You, on the other hand, didn't even have it on your list of six. Hope you're proud. Eh, it is I, hope, it is. I hope you're proud of yourself, Scotty. I hope you're proud of yourself. It is what it is. So, so the way this has played out, my 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 second pick, and now to round out our Mount Rushmore, um, you, you mentioned you 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 the whole league is going to think we're totally sucking up to Ort in this segment. Um, it, it didn't. It was not planned that way. I, I swear to you all. Um, you, you mentioned the East Side Idiots. I actually went the other direction. I, I loved Beltway Billy Goats. That wasn't bad either. Truly, truly did. And and it's it is next on my list. That that is what I had uh, based on what is left. And uh, I, I would I would throw it on there. I think Billy Goats is a really neat, a really neat mascot, uh, a name for a fantasy team. Uh, Beltway made sense. Um, you know, it, again, kind of rolls off the tongue. Beltway Billy Goats, I, I love it. I love it. You know, we, we have some we have a history of some really cool team names in this league that are no longer around. Uh, that you you know you kind of wish in some form or fashion could be utilized. Uh, you know, in, in some way, but uh, you know, you know, it, it is what it is. But just to recap, so we have a Mount Rushmore of BDL club names firmly in place now. The Bayside Bums. Kill Devil Hills Elevation, the Jupiter Joe Sox, and the Beltway Billy Goats. Congratulations to all. Joe Beth, remember this. He picked two of Ort's team's names before he picked yours. <laughs> remember that. 
Shameful, Scotty. Absolutely shameful. And amazing amazing that you didn't just assume that I was going to go in that direction. I was actually going to make your first pick, but thought, you know what? Let me give him a chance to be a good husband (laughs) a good team name. Nope. Didn't even didn't even have her on the board. Uh you know. What was up your board? What was that? For for your six teams, what teams did you have? Um, so yeah, I I mean I'll give you my um I I guess we'll call these my uh honorable mention now with everything that's that's already off the board and, and on Mount Rushmore. But the other ones I had down, these are in no particular order, by the way. I'll I'll name them out. Um Awatuki Amish Brotherhood. I think it's a great name. It is. I think it's honestly a great name. Um, Wrigleyville Woo, I, I find to be a very iconic BDL name. Um, it's, you know, it's one of those names I, I would hate if for some reason it ever was not a part of the BDL. It just kind of is part of the DNA of the league. Um, I think it's a great name. Um, another kind of not really a surprise, Portsmouth Wallabies. Um, you don't really hear Wallabies used as a mascot very often for, for much of anything, certainly not in sports. I think there's precedent for it a little bit, but um, I think it's it's pretty unique. And and I have one kind of uh, off the wall uh, that, that made the end of my list here. And I don't even know if you guys remember, Ryan, but North Portland Nuts. Love name. that name. Yeah. the name. Yeah. That, that, that rounds out my honorable mentions. It's a good yep. list. It's a good long list. Yep. Not picking your wife. Nice, Scotty. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. It is what it is. Yes. It nope. is what it is. Hopefully. <laughs> I don't know Hopefully you, I won't but, pay for it. But counselors for marriage counseling is very expensive, my friend. Very expensive. Uh, we'll uh, get by. Yeah, I think so. We'll You'll be by. all right. You'll be all right. Well, uh, Mike, uh, speaking uh, speaking of Ort, speaking of the Billy Goats and the Idiots and the Elevation, our special guest tonight, we are very proud to uh, have uh, to have Ort with us on the show. Um, uh, it was It was fun to catch up with Ort. It's been a long time since I was on the line with Ort for, for any reason or, or uh, got to see him at a, at a BDL event. So had a good time catching up and we can't wait to uh, for you guys to, to hear this, to hear this interview. I thought it went really well. It was a good interview, a good discussion, and uh, we're going to throw it on over to our chat with Ort right now. King of the Buffaloes. Okay, guys, we are here with Ort for the Kill Devil Hills Elevation. Ort, uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Uh, how are you feeling, buddy? Doing better. Thanks uh, for asking and uh, happy to be here. Great, great. Well, you know, just first things first, we're, of course, thrilled to see you back in the saddle after, uh, you know, a bit of a scare this summer. And I, I know it's not been the best of times in the Ort house and, and, and not in the Kill Devil Hills clubhouse either but uh just know you were you were certainly on on everyone's mind and and we hope to hear that you're you're very much on the man i appreciate it can you believe that you've known me for two heart surgeries already that's that's uh yeah i mean i that's 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 a little nutty it's a little (laughs) it's a little nutty what was the um was it a john lester baseball that we got you as a league for the first right um, uh 2008 um, yeah, Craig uh, handed it to me. You guys pitched in, and it says "Survivor" on it. John Lester when he was with the Sox, and right, well, yeah, I right. still have that ball. It's really cool. Um, you know, what's so sad is 
I finally got Lester this year, and it was like a good luck charm, but he's so horrific I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Sometimes you just got to move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah, that was uh, – yeah. Mike, why didn't you remind us to, to – um, I mean, we, we could have gotten him like a signed, I don't know, a Grady Sizemore ball or something this time. Yeah, to be honest, you know, when you get ill the first time you get surgery, you know, it's a gift. Fine. Once you do two, three times, almost like getting married a second and third time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we get you a gift for the first sweater. We're not going to bring you something for the second and third. You know, that's just that's just asking too much of us. You know, as a league, that's just too much to ask. Well, they, they tell me that I should be good for 20 years plus, so – I don't know. Okay. Don't, well, if it's that long, then okay. If, if, if it's going to be 20 years, yes. then maybe we can get you a gift. That's, that's fine. Okay. That's, fine. that's fair. If the BDL's still around in 2041, cool. I don't we'll get know. Get you if, a Daddy uh, Grow Junior um, <laughs> ball or so, Junior Junior ball. One of our. One of our uh, one of our children might be running the league by then, but yes. I, hopefully it'll still at least be around. <laughs> and, and that's 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 the sad commentary I think on the league right now, and the fact of how old we're getting is that we're having to talk about a transition plan for the freaking BDL, um, you know, and who's going to be there when we all fall over. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, or I don't know if you had an opportunity, hopefully, to catch the last uh, episode of the Inside Pod number eight. Did you catch the uh, the last show there last week? I did not. Not yet. Okay. Well, you're going to need to because, sir, you are wearing a crown. Thanks to us, you are the King Buffalo. Okay. Uh, and uh, I don't. I'm sure you have no idea what that. Mike, Mike, why don't you tell? Why don't you tell Art what what exactly that means? Yeah, basically, this is something that Scotty put together, or you know, he basically <laughs> wanted to talk about you know hey. the, the biggest losers in our league, and he didn't even have you winning as the biggest loser in the league. I had you win at least. He's just kind of a dick, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I, I had you as number one, Art. Nice. Yeah. <sighs> Off to such a roaring start here. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically like the Buffalo Bills of the of the BDL sort of thing. I think he did it just to take a shot at my Bills, and this is how we got there. It is what it is. Always the bridesmaid, well, yeah. Yes, never the bride. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you were the uh, you you were in the finals of the of the King Buffalo tournament uh, with uh, with your buddy Johnny of the Killer Cars. Uh, just in, in case you were wondering, <laughs> so you guys were. Duking it out for the uh, for the bridesmaid um, honor there in the BDL and and uh, you, it was just funnier with Johnny losing, so we added him lose. That's all it was. <laughs> it was just a lot funnier. That's all. Did you compare the um, the overall record with us two? Yeah, yeah. Basically, yes. overall record finals appearances, playoff appearances. That's wow. what I Yeah, I love how Joe commented that he almost got the five hundred, but then tanked again. <laughs> that it's, is, a, it's a common story in Amishville, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, well, we'll um, we'll get right into uh, in, into making the most fun possible of your team, uh, m- more so than we are now here here shortly. But I, I guess I'm just going to start by by paying you a really big compliment. Um, you know, or your or your you're probably you, you probably. Uh, you're, you're probably exhibit a for the, for, you know, the prosecution to, to use a, a court term there for, for when it comes to a commissioner 
like me having to point out to others how fantasy league membership is done right here. You know, here's a guy who has stayed in the air half the time piloting for a major airline who has a family on his off days. Um, you know, yet I, I would be hard pressed to go through the forum logs and, and find a day that, that you've not at least poked your head in the door in, in some, some manner. So, um, just, just to start this off that way, kudos to you for that. Uh, honestly, you're, 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 you're a top notch, um, in terms of, of BDO membership. And uh, there really would be no replacement for you if anything, uh, if anything uh, ever happened. So, um, well, that's very kind. Thank that. you. Thank you. I, I know we've had a lot of discussions about forum use going down and what, what to do about that because we all are older and have families and jobs and blah, but I, I think who the core we have right now is doing just fine and we, we keep up with everything and still have good discussions. Yeah. So I, I'm happy with, you know, even taking a couple of weeks off last month, getting right back into it, everyone's still good to go. Yeah, for sure. Well, what just kind kind of in that in that vein, what these days what 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 keeps you engaged with the BDL now? I think, you know, part of it is the connection with the the OGs, um, you yeah. know, knowing people for so long and having that that bond and camaraderie, but also like seeing what the new guys are up to and um, how they're their, their strategies and uh, even up to the trade deadline, like going back and forth with some of these guys, like some trades were really easy. Some were like not going to happen because we did not look eye to eye mm -hmm. at all. So um, just having that, that knowing, you know, Hey, Bill's going to send something that's ridiculous and <laughs> it might not get done. Well, you know, and I did some trade. I did a trade with Steven and I did trade um, with another relatively new guy that I thought went really, really well. So that, that, that that's good to know that even though I'm not out there vulturing like some people do on the new guys, I still better engage them and, and try, you know, get our, our both teams better at some point. And I think that's yeah, yeah. at least being you know, fair to a point where, Hey, even if we don't look eye to eye, like, Hey, this, this prospect, I don't, I don't get, why are you trying to offer him to me? At least we can um, have a discussion about it and say, you know what, maybe we'll come back around to that another time. It was nice to talk to you. I'm glad we did this. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think kind of along those lines in a, in a, in a roundabout way, I, one thing I think the BDL could use more of, and you, you're, you alluded to it a little more in, in, in you know, you're, you're describing your conversations with some of those guys. Um, I think, I think the BDL could, could use more kind of smaller offhand trades. Like you, you don't really see that many that, you know, for, you know, just uh, like prospects for prospects or, or, you know, just, um, you know, fill in major league players for, you know, a, a, a prospect or two who, who are out of the top 100, you know, or, or something. I, you know, I thought the, the trade, for instance, that the elevation and the gins pulled off there, I guess it was preseason or it might've been the start of the season for the, the outfielder Calhoun, um, <laughs> kind, kind, kind of a good example of that. Now that, that has totally 
wrecked me. You know, he he's he's been hurt for most of the year now. Uh, but you know, th- those things happen. But just in general, um, you know, I, I wish you I wish we saw a little more of that kind of engagement and not everyone always having to go for the big home run swing. Um, now, you know, with that said, I'm certainly very guilty of that myself. So I understand it. I understand the draw to kind of look at the base of a package and see how you can make it bigger, how you can fill more holes, you know, in one shot. I, you know, I've done that many times. I totally get it. But um, yeah, I think your I think comment on that use. one was or took prospects and didn't really think twice. It was like, <laughs> what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that that was a bit of an odd an odd exchange. And but, I think but, I flipped uh, at least two or three of those guys already for something else. So. I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Well, you know, or if if the BDL ever had a Rodney Dangerfield, I wonder is is it you? And I, I say that to mean this: in in 14 seasons, you've rattled off seven playoff appearances. I think those numbers are right including two BDL finals berths all the while, it could be argued remaining in a constant state of being overlooked as one of the more elite GMs. So I'm just going to come out and say it. You don't get enough respect. And why do you think that is? I think part of it began with the picture streaming way back in the day when we were the Beltway Billy Goats or wherever the hell I was. Um, <laughs> you know, I would I would put up like, I don't know, 120 innings a week. And people just yep. hated that because I automatically took wins and strikeouts away from them. Now, that said, I was handing away ERA and whip almost automatically too. So it was right. almost tying two categories and taking them off the board, and then we're going to fight for six. Um, Another thing I think is kind of my general dismissal of prospects to a point, although I'm trying to get better at that, um, I actually went for some top-ranked guys this year and just didn't want to pay the price, really. Um, Yeah. uh, You know, I guess, you know, our our prospect – expert Matt will always say I have the worst farm team because I have major leaguers on the minor leagues. And so not having 10 ranked guys automatically makes it a a failure. But um, yeah, I think those two things are part of it. Maybe, um, I don't know. I used to come off a little crass back in the day with some people because I just didn't take some of their comments <laughs> as, as on the chin as some would. But um, I think as we all grew older, we would kind of get a little softer and kind of more chill. So. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, yours is the only BDL club to have sported three completely different identities under the same ownership. We've <laughs> talked about this a little bit already this show. You you broke into the league in late 2007. Holy crap, we've been around together a yeah. long time. <laughs> Take taking over the former Tenacious Sluggers, which was one of our five founding franchises. I think people too forget how long the elevation as a franchise has been around. It's been around since the the 
genesis of the BDL, the club played under the East Side Idiots banner in 2008. <laughs> Love that name. <laughs> yeah. And and then made a, another brief pit stop in Beltway as the Billy Goats the following season. So finally in 2010, 11 freaking years ago, you adopted your current moniker, the Kill Devil Hills Elevation. So what was the inspiration for each team identity and why has the elevation stuck? So my thought was because my wife was a travel nurse and we kept moving all around the country, I would just keep changing my name to where we lived. So I think when I picked up the team, we were actually living in New York City on the east side of Manhattan. So there's your east side idiots because I didn't know what I was doing, okay. so I'm the idiot. And then we moved to <laughs> Washington, D.C., which would be the Beltway, and then the Billy Goats mm -hmm. with the Cubs fan thing. And then Kill Devil Hills, obviously North Carolina, uh, we moved right. there, and then uh, we've been here in North Carolina since. So I just I stopped changing the names. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Well, ne needless to say, plenty of worthwhile distractions in your life could pull you away at any time. Could pull any of you, any of us away, and you know we, we we've seen it happen before. Yet you maintain a competitive fantasy club year in and year out in spite of that. You know, you, you you obviously haven't always qualified for the playoffs, but I don't think you've ever, quote unquote, you know, taken a season off. So is it is it addiction? Is it a competitive drive? What what keeps fuel in the tank for the elevation? I think having a job where I do have a lot of downtime when I'm away and I'm able to really dive deep into it is a nice distraction. Also, I don't have that willingness to completely chop the team apart and wait several years. I, I That's not something that I think I could have the patience for. So like, like stuff, and I'm not as good as uh, obviously Bill and Mike at doing it, but um, you, you reload in certain spots and keep getting the team better without, um, blowing it up to a point when you get frustrated with it. Yeah. So I tried to research prior to the show today, when the last time was that the league heard from you on, on the BDL airwaves, but I actually had trouble finding it, which leads me to a question. I can't believe I even have to ask, H have you never guest appeared on a BDL podcast before? I did several stuck in the Ivies for sure. Okay, that that's what Mike and I were talking about this off the air. That's what I wondered if maybe it was on one of the TV um, TV shows. Yeah, because I went through the old TMO files and, and some of the other shows, couldn't find anything, and I thought, how on earth is this even possible? You know, I, I Johnny, just kind of Johnny. That's how it's possible. <laughs> Johnny didn't want to run the show. This is why he's never been on before. I came on as a co-host here. Or, and I, I had to beg Scotty, episode after episode, let's get Ort on. So I was like, nope, not bringing him on. Not, I'm not sure what he did to you in the past, but it took a lot of begging, and finally we got you on. We, we wanted to, we wanted, I told you earlier, we wanted to save Ort for his playoff push at the end of this year. <laughs> well, that's what you told me to tell him, but that's not what we've actually been talking about. But sure, <laughs> sure. And my evil plan was all coming together because I was up like, 
nine to one on the woo, and now he's coming back, and I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. But uh, how the hell is that the woo's making a comeback? Those are words not know, spoken. It's just off, it right? doesn't make sense. Jeez, it really doesn't. Um, I I'm um, I'm positive we taped a TMO at some point, and then it it didn't take, and then we could never get back together to fix it. Yeah, that that is true. There there is a lost episode of TMO that um, I guess just for for lack of a more sophisticated way to put it, the the internet sort of ate it, and um, it, it it never saw the light of day. I, I'm honestly not sure if if part of that audio track even exists anymore. But uh, uh, in, in any case, you know, I, I think uh, it would be fun to talk about that. Maybe since I, I don't know if we if if you've ever talked about this before. Uh, to the league or not, but um, just just a couple little fun questions. What what fantasy baseball experience did you have prior to joining the BDL? I, I know we're talking like a long time uh, ago, what, like 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 fourteen, <laughs> fifteen years ago now. But um, just be interesting to take a little take a little look and stroll through down memory lane. I Craig had gotten me into a redraft league. I don't remember if it was his or friends. And I had played in that for probably four or five years, but I had no dynasty experience in baseball. Uh, I had football uh, keeper league. And so I think that was part of the uh, appeal that you saw because you were in the, you were in the football league with me prior to the BDL possibly. And um, yeah, I think that's right. You said, Hey, this guy could probably cut it. Let's give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I get occasionally get get virtual eyebrows lifted when I say the BDL was my first dynasty league too, um, it, and it's it to this day. You know, it's I I was originally a fantasy uh, fantasy football player, which you know I think at that time in the early two thousands that defined most most sports fans, you know, it was the, it was easier to get into, you know, without a whole lot of research and, you know, the season is not that long. And, but uh, once, once I got a taste of fantasy, um, you know, I I was already a much bigger baseball fan and thought, you know, there are ideas here that could be applied to a really wicked baseball league. And that's kind of how the, you know, the BDL, the, the, just the early idea was, was born. Um, And, because it ended up working out and being such a quality league, I've never really had a reason to, uh, you know, obviously to to look to look at other leagues. You know, it, this is uh, this is the league for me. So, I agree. What um, you know, of course, I know there's that there was the uh, there was the the uh, global gridiron football league that Craig set up. Of course, the BDFL. Uh, I, I'm sure other other fantasy leagues you've been involved with over the years, with maybe other sets of of uh, friends and such. Um, what what has the BDL across this amount of time now? What has it taught you about being successful in fantasy? You know, my my son is asking to get into all these leagues because he hears me talk about it or he sees me looking at it enough. Um, and he, and he says, why do you do a league that has no money in it? I said, because it's so hard. <laughs> and he, he said, well, why do you want to do something that's so hard? 
like because it's a challenge and it takes not so much of your time every day but if you're not paying attention to the whole picture you can slip behind pretty quickly um on a on a not a daily basis but sometimes you know stuff comes out so fast now and um certainly a weekly and monthly basis um so speaking of when we get older i think we'll have a couple kids that are interested just because they're like, why are you looking at that thing again? I'm like, cause I have to get the next waiver guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, by all indications kind of shifting to the 2021 version of, of the elevation and, and keeping your eye on the ball um, by, by all indications, you're headed for your first, um, early exit in a BDL season in three years, I think. Uh, the playoffs aren't mathematically impossible to attain, but it's a long shot. Is there a disappointment for you, or, or were you prepared for a down year this season? Not not in the numbers or the players, but certainly my focus was elsewhere um, this year. So it takes a little sting out of it sure. because – um, I kind of just kind of punted it saying, you know what, it is what it is. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll do the best I can, but I'm not going to get upset about it. Um, and, and certainly looking into the future and kind of saying this, this year's kind of, it is what it is. I've certainly tried to get more youth into the lineup that might or might not pan out, but, uh, I, I have flipped quite a few older guys looking ahead to next year and several years down the road. So um, I haven't given up for, there's a chance, but um, we're, we're certainly looking forward to the next couple of years with what we've done with uh, trades and whatnot. Well, speaking of the next couple of years, how off guard were you caught by the cramps meteoric rise? this year you know i remember when he got somebody early on and mike said well he's going to be the favorite and i looked at it and i'm like what what do you really just that one transaction is all of a sudden he's amazing and i kind of looked at it and i'm like yeah that team but when when you've been in a division with the cramps for so long you never know if it's going to work out because he can have the top three outfielders in all of baseball, and then his pitching just craps the bed, basically. And like he said in the podcast, I, I can hang with him most years, but this year I can't. There's no way. Um, he He's put it together where – and he we'll see what's going to happen in the playoffs, but um, they're certainly the team to beat after uh, the cramps and the uh, Rockets. Yeah, I uh, should take this moment just to remind everyone listening that I, I did, of course, uh, uh, pick the elevation to win the 20, 2021 West Division uh, <laughs> crown. So, yeah. It's embarrassing. I, Absolutely Still embarrassing. with you, buddy. Still yeah. still with you. You know, still and I was, I was thinking about this the other day, like how the cycles work 
across the league where, you know, the, the East is always going to be pretty top heavy. There's always going to be two or three teams that are always there, including the Rockets and the damage, right? Same division. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. The, the South has had its, you know, <laughs> it's been a rough decade, Mark. It's been a rough decade. <laughs> <laughs> the North. The, if Orton was in the South, he would be the favorite right now. We wouldn't be talking about his average. We would be having you know, a tough year for Orton. Be like, be like, oh boy, Orton's up seventeen games right now in the but division. Yeah, I, I think I've taken advantage of a weak division over the years, also. So there's it happens, um, yeah. and it, it'll it'll come around. I think because there's no one that's not trying. Um, but for some reason, the, you know, the, the West was really, really strong for a couple of years, maybe two, three, four years ago. And now it's, it's, it's not great again. So I think Brian's really taken advantage of that. And that, that's not to say that his record's inflated and his team's not great, but you do kind of feast on your weaker opponents within your schedule at some point, depending on the year. Yeah. Well, just, just to drill down on, on that a little more, the, the cramps have added 45 wins over their total from the last full BDL season two years ago in, in 2019. Gosh, that's with three weeks of wins and losses yet to be posted uh, in, in the standings. The elevation on the other hand, haven't won the division in five years. And with what Crawford is doing in the West right now, or what, what do you think it's actually going to take for anyone, the elevation or anyone else in the West to slow down Crawford over these next two to three seasons? Um, that's a, that's a question I, I think we're all struggling with. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, you know, it could be bad luck. Like half his team could get injured at some point. A couple weeks ago, I had like 12 people on the IL, and I'm like, how am I supposed to even start a lineup? So it happens, um, and you just put the Band-Aids on the best you can, and and sometimes you have enough depth to to get through the storm. But um, it doesn't look great for the West for this year, next year, or maybe the next year. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think that um, – you know, John is who John is. I don't, I'm not sure what he's he's planning on, but um, I'll 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 keep being a thorn in Brian's side. And uh, the Lions, I like at least how they're putting their team together, and they're going to be competitive at some point. So we'll see. Well, speaking of being a being a thorn, and, and you mentioned your tendency earlier to stream, 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 stream. You're the only GM in league history to lead a club to a season of more than 1,700 strikeouts and 140 pitching wins in the same year. That was several years ago in 2014. Um, and and that, that wins mark that you set then wasn't even enough to best your own record in the same category, which happened in 2009 when you posted 145 on the year. Did did pitching become the backbone and specifically the strategy with your pitching, or I should say become the backbone of your franchise by design or was it happenstance? How did that, 
give, give us a little more insight into the engineering of, of the elevation. Roster. So that's, that's a two part thing. Um, and we'll get to the second part. So I, when I, when I got the team from the tenacious sluggers, I didn't have a whole lot of really high end pitching. And so going up against some teams that would just bludgeon you with ERA and whip, and you just couldn't even come close to that. I'm like, well, just looking at the different categories, how to put together a week, uh, I just started going for strikeouts and I would find, and before the K per nine was a big saber metrics thing, I would just pour through the stats and get whoever had the highest K rates to win that category. Um, and to a point it worked. And then the Volison initiative came up and screwed that up because we had to add more batters. <laughs> and then after that, what was a weird thing is, is, is that other teams actually were getting more innings than me, even though they, they complained that I was still streaming. I'm like, well, look at the numbers. Um, and even now today, like occasionally I'll have the most pitching per season, but usually I'm, I'm maybe third or fourth or fifth sometimes now. And I, I wonder if that's because the quantity is not keeping up with the quality, meaning, meaning, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the teams that have really good staffs, those guys are going out seven innings every week where I'm just pushing together whoever I can find. And I don't know that it's a struggle right now to, to kind of come up with a, a good strategy because it does change and we've evolved and, you know, different managers coming in and out and how they play. So we'll see. I, I It's a good question because I haven't really been able to, come up with a new plan yet. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, just to shift it, uh, shift over to a, a few general questions about, about the league and the current membership roster and, and those things. Uh, just out of curiosity, some again, just some more fun questions. Name for us the, the GM currently in the BDL that you love, that you most love to root for, of course, other than yourself. That I love to root for. Hmm. You know, um. Okay, no one. So the answer is no one. <laughs> no, I mean, that, he doesn't that, like that any be, of us. He doesn't like any of us. That would be my answer. I mean, that I would be my answer. Rockets so. Because he's Mike's Mr. Nice and he gets along with everyone. But when his team's so good all the time, it's so annoying. What? Um. <laughs> Mr. Nice and gets along with everyone. Listen to the mad Scotty. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's happening right now on this show. This is not, this is um, just but, uh, I would, you know, we all miss Mark a lot. I, he was one of my guys also, um, for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, at the same, you know, I don't root against Joe or like uh, Johnny but we all make fun at their expense. And so it's nice when they, they put together a team that works. Yeah. And then blow it up. <laughs> uh, 
Well, Jordan, Jordan I can happen in the same week. I would love to Scott. say Scott, but what you did to me, I can't forgive that. Yikes! Yeah, shots fired. Um. So the other side of that coin, name what name the name the team that you love to most root against. Currently. You know, it was always the damage for like a decade, but Bill Bill's becoming a little more reasonable. I don't know what happened, so I'm going to have to say uh, the Cardinals, just because they came on and went won so quickly, it was almost like, who does this guy think yeah. he is? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like Matt, um, but it... it it's 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 annoying that it happened so quick for him. <laughs> <laughs> Understand. Um, so, kind of to put you on the spot a little bit here. I guess this is a mean question, but you know, maybe it'll give somebody a wake up call. Is there a team currently that that you believe is just spinning its wheels? Hmm. Generals. Generals. Hey. Generals. Hey. Generals. The South Division leading generals <laughs> cannot, by definition, be spinning their wheels. Oh, oh they can. Oh, they certainly Michaela. Can. Michaela. <laughs> you know, at, after the last right. two shots at the Cars and Amish, I'll go with the Wallabies. Like, they always were at least competitive against this, you know, letting, handing you the title every year. But now it's like, Brent, what's going on, man? Like, <laughs> got to try dude <laughs> i know you have a I think the wheel young child and all car, that and you know it. come on dude i know he's still he's still got players it's just like you can't pull a win for for anything so so I, i'm going to give you a little bit of a platform here and i i guess maybe i should have prepared you for this question uh, to think about it a little bit but you, you might have something at the top of your mind what is one change that you would just really love to see made in this league? Yeah, you know, you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> and I really don't have a plan or a, a solution, but the 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 closer problem just drives me crazy. You um, and I both. And you and I both. Taking the saves nuts. out of it is probably not a great idea either. Um but if, if someone really smart could come up with like the numbers to show there's really only like seven closers that keep their job year over year. So you're, you watch Bill chasing all these relievers and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You're taking up like six spots on your lineup to try to get a save and it's bonkers to me. Now at the yeah. same time, Having him doing that might free up a player that we can get. Yes. So yes. I think that's why we have to keep the closures because that opens up different strategies. Yeah. It's almost kind of like when when you, you, you would do all your streaming, people would complain about that. And my counter to that is, well, he's going after guys you wouldn't be Correct. interested in yeah. anyways. Let him do it. That opens up other guys in the wire that you're going to be able to pick up, you know. I, I I guess just from my point of view, and, and, and I, again, I, I'm like Ort in that I, I'm not proposing a solution. I don't know what the solution is, but the I, I don't think there's a good comp 
for the current market value of closers in a dynasty baseball league. It, it, the, the, the market value is just so off the charts compared to what you pay for other, even quality yeah. position players uh, in, in a lot of cases. And that, that is something to me that just, uh, you know, the, just the, 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 the economy uh, of fantasy baseball in relation to closers drives me nuts. And well, closers used to get like a first round pick, especially when Joe demanded it. Yeah. And now he, he can't sell it for a third or a fourth. Um, yeah. and, and baseball has changed where you, even if you have a dominant closer on a team that's not doing well, they're going to sell that closer to a contender because they can get a prospect for it. And so now from a fantasy standpoint, you have this great closer that you've been depending on, and now he's basically worthless because he's gone to be the setup guy for the Yankees. And you're like, well, what did I pay for him for? Like, So it's really frustrating that – sense yeah i think the, the, to be honest over the past couple of years i think the, the the market for closers has really dropped dramatically in the bdl which is a good thing honestly you know for for two or three years there things things were getting pretty crazy with the valuation some guys had on them has it really though? It, it, I mean, has. Has it, really? it really has i think so Who's the last top closer that got a huge price via the trade market? Mm, I mean, I, I off the top of my head, I don't. I would have to go back and look. I don't recall. Um, As an example, we just went through the trade deadline. Historically, three four years back, the biggest prices were always on closers. Those guys would always move at the deadline because if you were a bad team and you had a closer, you were always going to get huge value for them. This year, none of those guys moved, just because to Or's point, teams don't have number one established closers all the time. Typically now with teams that have a great reliever, they, they, they don't pitch them, you know, in the seventh or pitch them in the eighth. It's all the whole high leverage thing has, has kind of taken over baseball. And that's kind of wrecked the value of closers in our league, which to be honest, isn't the worst thing in the world, but it, it has changed the dynamic completely. Where in prior years, you would see three, four closers getting moved at the deadline I think the only one that got traded this year was Diaz. I think the Wallabies moved Diaz, right? I think he's the only one that moved. Well, let me ask you this, Mike. You have four closers. Are are you counting on them to all be there next month for you? Or you you think one Mm -hmm. might slip out of the role? Uh, uh, To be honest, I'm I'm certain one will because one already has a different time this year. I have the Jays closer who's the closer half the time, and sometimes you'll pitch the eighth, and sometimes you'll pitch the seventh. Like, it's just just a bit of a mess when he pitches. Jansen was was great for a couple months. Then he couldn't find the strike zone with the map. You know, the, 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 these guys just kind of go through, you know, their spurts of dominance and then not being good. I try to roster three or four of them whenever I can. Just because I figure I'm gonna lose one or two of those three or four, and it's for, for for me it's imperative to have at least two once you hit the playoffs, just because that's a category that you don't want to give away. So, Scotty, you have. I always try to roster. Scotty, you have, you really don't have any closers, do you? Yeah, he has Chapman, Chapman, right? Yeah, yeah, I I have Chapman, um, and uh, we'll see. I think you have two, right? Yeah, uh, I was, I was uh, you have Chapman and you have Karinchak, who's a quasi closer yeah. in Cleveland. 
Yeah, that that's why I hesitated. You know, as far as you know, I really don't have another closer comparable to Chapman, although Chapman's hurt at at the moment. Um, I wonder if a team but, has uh, ever won the BDL just punting the saves category completely. No, no, no chance. No chance that would happen. Because to be honest, it's really just been your team that has gone just just take all those pitching spots for starting pitching. And to be honest, it's a sensible strategy because the theory being, you know what, if I can win wins and Ks every week, I might bump in ERA and whip because if his team only has four pitchers on them and two guys blow up during the week, there's a chance I'm going to steal a category yeah. to that. But every time every time actually, I've made it deep in the playoffs, I've had at least two or three closures. So I, ha- I haven't been, had the balls to, yeah. to, to try that yet. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, cer- certainly my, my 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 successful runs I, I've always had you know I've always had good closers. So I, and I, that that is a good question though. It, it would be interesting to go back and look through, you know, at, at the very least the BDL finals participants to see if if maybe anyone was there with a real shot uh, who who didn't have elite you know at least a, a couple a couple closers. good ones at least yeah yeah I that, just that can't see you punting one of the ten categories and getting through four rounds. It's just, it would just that, that's be tough. so hard it's to tough. do that. Yeah, especially at that level when you get into the semis and then the finals, and you're you're really just trying to squeak out every every little category yeah. the best you can, and that's that that's tough. Well, um, or or I guess as we start to wind things down, just a few forward looking uh, questions or, or a couple rather, you know, the the elevation have never, you know, arguably never been considered really among the BDL's elite teams. I think we can say that, but, but they've also never been truly dreadful either. We've never really seen the elevation rebuild before. So is a youth movement something that you just can't stomach? Yes and no. Uh, I can't do what Johnny does where I get a bunch of teenagers and just wait uh, because I need to see results at some point. And I, 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 I don't have the patience for that. But I think you know, it's only taken me, what, 14, 15 years to tweak my strategies. Um, <laughs> replacing the ages has really become more of a focus for us. So, and especially, and I, God, I remember when I was first in the league, was it, uh, who was the Falcons? Earn. Oh, he would he would just go on tirades with you about age when you tried to send him something <laughs> like that guy's thirty two. I'm not trading yeah. for him. Are you insane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, God, this guy's just just impossible to deal with. But I I found myself in the last couple of years, especially when stuff has been proposed, I'll look at the age difference. And say no, I have to look ahead because I don't like my roster really right now. And if I get, let's say, I get six young guys that I like, hopefully two or three are going to be pretty good at some point. So that's that's kind of where I've evolved a little bit. Um, will I ever break it down into like what you did with the gens a couple times, where you went all in with the picks and prospects and flipped them? I, I don't know if I have that in me, but you never know. That's 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 
that's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. And it's, it's, you know, it's something I, I look at. I'm one of those types of, of um, roster builders who, you know, I don't like to hit the middle ground. I like to be either elite or sold out completely and, and, yeah. and rebuilding hard. I mean, hard. And um, that's, it, it's, it's, it's very difficult. You know, you, you have to have a very structured plan in place and it's, it's stressful. And I, I don't look forward to doing it again. I, I know that day is coming. I do know that, but um, that's, that, that's tough. It's tough. Um, so setting aside winning a championship, your, your team's critics might be quick to point to the fact that you've posted a winning percentage of 600 or higher only once in club history. Um, that's, of course, if we set aside last year's championship bracket, kind of hard to compare that to anything else in the history of the league. So a- as we record this interview, the Elevation are closing in on a fourth consecutive year of sub-500 baseball. Starting this off season. What specifically are your next steps for the club? Uh, taking Brian out of the equation. No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> oh, wow. You only have to beat him once, Art. You only have to beat him once. And if you make the playoffs, it'll be you versus Crawford. So you never know. Uh, I, I think part of that winning percentage has been strength of division over the years. As far as not getting up to 700 in the – NorCal damage range, but um, you're right. You know, you know, three out of four's been a clunker after a really good run prior to that. So um, I don't think I've gotten that far ahead, or even had a strategy in place that's that's really um, taken yet. So uh, how about to be determined? I'll get back to you on that. It sounds like a good fodder yeah, for, for, for sure. a follow-up interview. And and so that's uh, and that's and cool. Having well, last year being weird, and then this year uh, kind of disappointing. It is it is good to look ahead and and actually come up with something because it's not fun to uh, to have kind of a substandard team for a while. So uh, it's something that uh, I certainly look forward to in the years to come. Well, or looking at the uh, looking at the playoff bracket right now, or or the 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 uh, expected playoff bracket, and those who are on the bubble, uh, give us your pick. Who's your favorite to win or all this year in the BDL? Hmm. You know, on paper, I gotta I gotta see what. Well, will the Rockets? How do how does our bracket match up usually, or is it all seeding? Yeah. Uh, so basically, Gotham, Gotham City is somehow the two seed. So they all play the number <laughs> one. They'll play Boston as of right now, and I'll play either Carolina or okay. Cal. Um, and in the and then in the okay. Pacific, it'll be it'll certainly be Beers Mounties, and then it'll be Crawford versus either the Lions, the Elevation, or the Killer Cars or the Amish. Well, that one's wide open. As of right now, or actually based on the scores as of now, if if the scores end the way they are, you're the fourth seed and you'll play Crawford. Okay. Well, um, 
I'm going to go with the cramps. Not 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 to jinx them per se, but um, jinx them, uh, baby, jinx them. <laughs> we know that for some reason the number one seed has a really hard time winning at all. So uh, yeah, this is true. It's true. The dark horse going into it, like who's going to be the Wallabies or the Beers? Um, not not that Stephen is a dark horse because his team's pretty good, but I give them a a pretty good shot. He better not win. I I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> uh, well, Ort, um, it was great to have you on, buddy. Uh, great to catch up. Uh, we'll have to do it again soon, but we really appreciate you taking time to uh, to be here. Good talking to you guys. Thanks. All right, thanks, Ort. Okay, Ort, King Buffalo himself. Thanks, man, for joining the show today. Had a lot of fun catching up. I hope to talk to you again soon, have you back on before too long. Um, But that was a lot of fun, Mike. It was. uh, To be honest, I haven't spoken to Ort since I met him for the first time back in Philadelphia. Who knows how many years ago, so that was nice. Wow, that was... 2011, maybe? 2011, I think. I think it was 10 years ago. Yeah, that sounds right. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. A few shots fired in that interview. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess Brent, Brent got called out a little bit. He's going to have to uh, shake a leg and uh, maybe, maybe give we should him get a Brent on soon and have him respond. <laughs> we'll we'll try to do that. We'll see if anyone can get in touch with Brent. Does anyone have Brent's number? I would hope you would. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back at you, I think, in a couple of weeks for a playoff preview episode. And we're getting that set up and uh, in place now. So uh, you can expect to see us uh, coming back at you for that here pretty soon. So uh, rounding the corner, Mike. And uh, yep, yep, it's an exciting time in the BDL. But uh, thanks again, brother, for uh, hopping on the line to get the show knocked out, and I will catch up with you next time. Have fun, buddy. Good night, BDL.